DiscerningHearts.com presents The Heart of Prayer with Father Amon Bork. Father Bork is a priest of the Archdiocese of Dublin and has served as vocations director for the diocese as well as pastor in a number of its parishes. Trained as a spiritual director in the contemplative style, he now serves as chaplain to the University College Dublin, the largest university in Ireland. He is the author of Make Your Home in Me, Reflections on Prayer, Master, The One You Love is Ill, Reflections on Illness and Caring for the Sick, and Mercy in All Things, Reflections on the Diary of St. Faustina Kowalska. The Heart of Prayer with Father Amon Borg. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Eamon, thank you so much for joining me. It's a privilege. Thank you for having me again with you for this time of, of discussion about the wonderful gift of prayer. It is a gift. You know, in our previous conversations, we wanted to make sure we understood who it was that was calling us and, and desiring to have time with us in prayer and the importance of setting the place to provide the time, the importance of that. But there's so much more that we bring to prayer, isn't it? And probably the most important thing is we bring ourselves. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think the first thing we talk about the gift of prayer, I think that's the one thing that it's not just for the select few, it's not for the, for the priest or the sister or the brother, that it's a gift for every human being that walks the face of the earth, that this gift is open to every person. Um, we often People often look, I know the culture I'm in now at the moment where people are just so much distracted, I think that prayer is only for the limited few, but it's for everyone, and it's it's a gift that's accessible to everyone. I love Saint Teresa Bless you, as I said before, is my one of my favorite saints, and she talks about simplicity of heart. And we often complicate prayer so much, but it's it's a, an entry into it by just simple, humble people who want to connect with their God. You know, so I think it's important to say that it's a gift for every human being. So there's no one excluded from the relationship that's offered to in joy to all all of us. Something I think that we have to be really aware of that when we come to prayer, we come very much who we are. But that self-knowledge, that self-awareness of who we are, it can be clouded, even in an awareness for ourselves. I mean, we may think that we're being real, but in some ways there can be blocks and roadblocks to our own understanding. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. I think you're right. It's like there's so many things that are militating against us praying. One, we talked about business last week, and we talked about, you know, just that we're surrounded by noise all the time and distractions. The other thing we can often do is think that it's, I'm not worthy of prayer, or God wouldn't want to hear from me, or you know, who am I to even try to access this relationship with God? So, it's a realization that who we are, where we are, and how we are is what God wants to engage with. It's We don't have to receive, reach a certain level or a certain grade before we can say, okay, well, look, God will want to hear me now. Um, he wants to hear us as we are, how we are, and where we are. So that means that, uh, that our own uh, lack of self-esteem, our own sinfulness, our own brokenness, our own sense of isolation within ourselves, our sense of our own even rejection of ourselves through lack of confidence, um, that that shouldn't be a barrier to us. But it often it is because we feel, look, well, God won't want to hear from me or that's for somebody else or 
you know, God, I'm, I'm a sinful person. I'm a broken person, I'm a weak person. I'm bogged down in life now. So I've, you know, it's one, I don't have the time to do it, but why would God want to hear from me? And if we could only realize that God wants to hear from all of us, especially in our brokenness and our weakness and our frailty, you know, that we don't have to put on a brave face or try to act in a certain way towards God before he listened to us. He just wants us to come to us as we are. Yeah, come to us as as we are. Again, it goes back to that self-awareness of what is it at the very heart, what is it that we are hoping for? What's our deepest desire? And for so many of us, it's healing, isn't it? I mean, in, in the gospel, we are constantly brought to the picture of Jesus encountering those who it seemed as though they needed physical healing, but there was something that needed to happen even deeper first for those souls. Absolutely. Uh, the gentleness and the compassion of Jesus always saw the beauty in every person and the dignity of every person and accepted people where they were at, whether it was a case of a tree, Bartimaeus on the side of the road, the woman caught in adultery in the midst of a circle of people who wanted to condemn her. He met the person where they were and he reached down to them. I think that's, I love that piece where the woman is brought to Jesus and the eyes of the people are on this lady. Now, obviously, they say that she was caught in the act of, very act of committing adultery. The man was caught in the very act of committing adultery too, but he wasn't there. So the crowd were using this woman as a as a kind of leverage against Jesus. And the eyes of the world are on, on this lady. And Jesus reaches down in compassion and writes on the ground to take the focus away from this woman and almost onto himself and reaches into her poverty and her brokenness and reaches and meets her in a most beautiful and compassionate way. And I think that's really where what happens to us in prayer, that when we try our best or just even open our hearts, that God reaches down to us and meets us in our poverty and our brokenness and in our frailty. Because there's none of us that don't need healing. Every one of us are in need of healing. For some, it's maybe more obvious than others. As we say, the blind man Bartimaeus, obviously he is in need of physical healing. People could see that he was in need of healing for his eyesight. But Jesus, again, respected where he was and asked him, what can I do for you? Is there a deeper longing in your heart for me? And then the lepers who were hiding away, the 10 lepers who were outcasts, ostracized, they came out and they showed themselves to Jesus and he met them where they were and he healed their brokenness. So I suppose in some ways we're all lepers before God and we all have our own brokenness. As I said, some someone's brokenness might be more obvious than others, but there's none of us in need of healing because we pick up scars and, and wounds from life, from our childhood, from our growing up, that almost have an influence on us that we don't even realize it's having an influence on us. So for that freedom to take place, I love the gospel where it said, you know, the disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't cast out the devil. And he said, this is a kind that can only be driven out by prayer. And I think the key to this is that it's in prayer that we meet the great healer and the most profound healing takes place in the gift of prayer. I think that is something that we're not used to thinking of, that we are in constant need of healing. Often we will remember wounds that may go all the way back to childhood, whether it's from parents, from friends, and as we get older, they seem to be so obvious because the very nature of what sin is and that in acknowledging that we 
are sinful people. We have made choices throughout the day which have turned us away from him. And because of that turning, that breaks something in us. It might be just little fissure cracks. It might be just the smallest of things. But because we chose something other than him, and we've chose sin, that is something that needs to be healed. Absolutely. And as you say, it doesn't have to be in a very dramatic way. It can be just in the simple choices of life where we, we just think of ourselves and our own needs and our own wants. We kind of sometimes put that before other people. And it can be a very subtle thing. You know, it could be uh, if somebody asks us to make a cup of tea for them and we kind of resent, why don't you get up and do it yourself, you know? Or, you know, someone asks us to, to go and do an errand for us and we say, oh, look, I'd love to do it, but I, look, I just don't have the time, you know. Um, it could be something as simple as that we've, we've just chosen ourselves as opposed to choosing the needs of others and then obviously the calling from God. Yesterday's gospel was uh, the Sunday's gospel that we've, we're just reflecting on uh, just before this recording is, takes, takes place. Treat others as you like them to treat you. And sometimes we we don't treat others as we like them to treat us. We we, we think of ourselves first and they just said, well, treat me like the way I want to be treated, um, as opposed to treating others the way they'd like to be treated. And we do that in subtle, simple ways. We can. I don't think an evil person becomes an evil person overnight. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I don't think, I think it's the small, subtle choices that we make over our lifetime that we can make us into either a really wholesome, wonderful gift to God or else we can become uh, darkened and eclipsed by the, the sinfulness of life and we can turn in on ourselves. And that's what I think prayer does. It turns us not in on ourselves but towards God. It become we look out of ourselves towards him who made us. So glad you, you phrased it that way because it's the little things that can tear us apart. If you've been poked enough in one spot long enough, you tear and it begins to rip. And the only way to do that is that continually acknowledging that you need help, that you need prayer. So, I mean, if you think about as often as you might sin throughout the course of the day, if you devoted that much time to prayer, that can really change a life, can it? Well, absolutely. I, I think it can be transformative, really. I'm thinking about the example is we have a, a, a singer in Ireland who was brought up in obviously the, the last century, but, you know, he was, he, when he grew up, he was a man who was dyslexic and he was, he was a slow learner and he, he liked anything other than, than school, you know, and he went to the teacher one day, he was only 14 and said, I'm leaving school. And the teacher said to him, look, I'm glad you're going because you'll never amount to anything anyway. And it was just a simple phrase, but it stuck with him all throughout his life. He went to work on the buildings in England and that kind of stuff, but it really just robbed him of his, um, just had this kind of eroding effect on his life. And that wound, that fissure that was opened up in himself became larger as life went on. And he found it even, he loved music and he loved playing an instrument next, but he found it very difficult to do that because why he kept on saying to himself, why would anyone want to listen to me, you know? But when he, he turned to God in prayer, it just opened up a new dimension for him and it gave him that kind of healing that he needed just to kind of overcome that, that kind of wounded brokenness in his heart. And if we do spend time with the Lord, I just love um, Carlo Cutis, blessed Carlo Cutis. You know, he has this beautiful phrase that when we lie out in the sun, we get a suntan, but when we pray before the Blessed Sacrament, we become a saint. That is a, such a gentle bathing in the healing power of God that takes place in prayer. And the gentleness of that and the gentle healing, touching power of Jesus 
over time reaches right into the depths of our being because God is present in our soul and deep in ourselves. So he reaches into the very deepest area of our life that most needs healing and in a gentle, beautiful way gives us that healing. But I always say to people, like God will never force himself into our life. He'll never force anything. He will never do violence on us or damage to us. So he, he just stands at the door and waits and knocks. And the handle's on the inside. It's up to us to welcome him in. But if we do welcome him in and we do spend time with him in prayer, then he will come in and he will give us that grace and healing that we need in a gentle, as I said, in a gentle way. But as I said, there's no violence here. There's no force involved. But when we do open ourselves to his grace, so much can be achieved. You have instructed us in Make Your Home in Me, the reflections on prayer. You've said it's important, essentially, to acknowledging to ourselves and to God in prayer what is happening in our lives. And that's one of the most important movements of growth. As we established earlier, you've got to take time. But then when you're in that moment, in that silence, in that quiet, no matter how long it is, if you can at least acknowledge and be real with God, not that he doesn't know already. It's almost like we have to be real ourselves, to ourselves. What's going on in this moment? Absolutely. So sitting there, I find this really helpful, and it's really transformed my own prayer life. Uh, as I said in the previous recording, when I thought when I, I prayed, I had to put on a smiling face and, you know, look good before the Lord and, you know, be prim and proper and say the right words and um, go through the motions, as it were. But I realized that actually when I sit with the Lord and I'm real about what's happening in my life, what I'm, what, what's giving me joy, what's robbing my peace, what's stressing me out, what I'm worried about, what's taking the cares of my life, what, what's taking my imagination. And by acknowledging him to myself and acknowledging him to God, there's a real freedom that comes in that. Because we, we kind of name what's happening for ourselves, but we also realize that that what is what we're we're grappling with and what we're struggling with is our gift to God in that moment of prayer. Just as the bread and wine are offered on the altar to God at the Eucharist, so at the altar of prayer we can offer Jesus our real life, how we are, who we are, where we are. And um, it's being honest with ourselves and honest with God that can really be a transformative moment in the prayer life. I really believe this. So what do we do when, when we sit down to pray? It's just acknowledge, like sometimes you get up in the morning and you, you, you don't feel like praying. So you have to say, Lord, I'm I'm sitting here, but I really don't feel like praying this morning. I'm distracted. My mind and my heart is elsewhere, but I just need I just need your grace. And the reason why I'm distracted is because of this or that or the other. Or I wake up this morning, I'm full of joy and hope, and I can share that with Jesus in that moment. Or if I'm worried about my family life or my prayer life or my, my business or my work, you know, I'm finding it hard to get on with my spouse or my brother or my sister, and that's weighing on my mind at the moment. So we just bring what's really going on in our life and just place it before him. And I think that honesty in prayer, I often say, call it that that's the food of our prayer. Like people say, I don't know what to pray about. Well, actually, if you recognize what's going on in your own life, there's so much we can pray about. You could you could spend your, well, look, let's hope we do spend our whole day in prayer, but we can in a, in a kind of a qualitative time where we sit with the Lord, there's so much we can talk about. We'll return to The Heart of Prayer with Father Amon Borg in just a moment. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, 
prayers, and more, go to DiscerningHearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to The Heart of Prayer with Father Amon Bork. Being vulnerable to ask the Lord to help enlighten you about areas that he sees that we're kind of closing our eyes to or we just don't realize it. It's not something that we're maybe intentionally doing, but again, just Asking the Lord, okay, help me. Help me to see what you see, to help me to understand how you understand me. Would you say is a healthy practice? Oh, I think so. And I, I, even making that prayer your own, like, Lord, help me to see myself as you see me. Because we, as one thing we can become used to our sin and our brokenness that we don't even notice that it's having an effect on our lives. And our sinfulness can really affect the way we live our life each and every day. We can sometimes get used to, you know, like I go out to meet my friends, I can be a bit ratty and a bit snappy or that kind of stuff. I should look, I'm, that's me, you know, or someone, I should be making a cup of tea for someone doing a job, but I, I look, I'm used to my own kind of comfort and that kind of stuff. Or I I really find it hard to stand up in front of people and talk or, and like, you know, that's just me. I don't, I, like, I can't do that because I'm just not, no one will want to hear me or whatever it is that we're really grappling with that. Uh, and honestly around that, helps us to recognize, well, actually, Lord, what's stopping me from doing this, you know? What's what's the, the blockage that's in my life that's causing me to maybe think of myself or to be to wallow in self-pity or to um, to think of myself before others? And, um, like, what's broken and wounded in myself that's causing me to act in this way? Because I really want to be a generous person. I want to be a loving person. I want to be a person of joy and hope in the world. But there's, there's something holding me back, and I'm just not really sure what's holding me back. So please enlighten me to the area of my life that's causing me to to be weighed down so that I can allow you in to heal, you know? As you point out in the book, there's a point in the Gospels where Jesus encounters, for example, Bartimaeus. And he asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? I'm paraphrasing it, but... He's essentially, what, what is it that you need? When it seems so obvious, I mean, I'm blind, please free me from my blindness. But the Lord doesn't just assume that that's the desire. It goes so, so much deeper, and it's the same thing for us in many ways, isn't it? Absolutely, because as I said, the way Jesus deals with the people in the gospel is the same way he treats each one of us that same dignity and respect. So if we see Jesus encountering people in the gospel, it's not just for the select few. 
that he's actually encountering us in the same way. And he's just asking us gently and simply, what is it really that you're struggling with? What What's really weighing down on you? What's robbing you of your peace? What's stopping you from reaching your full potential? Um, and from your perspective, and sometimes we know it's, you know, I've, I'm wounded from my past or, you know, I've just got into a way of behaving that I just can't seem to get out of or, you know, I'm just blind to the needs of others and that kind of stuff. And I just look, that's what my real need is to kind of overcome this in my life. And Jesus will accept that for what it is and receive that for what it is and offer healing for that. So, yeah, I think it's about Jesus recognizing and knows what he recognizes in Bartimaeus and treating us the same way he would treat Bartimaeus and asking us simply a question, what do you want me to do for you? And that's a lovely prayer to uh, to bring to, to prayer with you, you know, to sit down and, and hear the voice of Jesus saying to you in your prayer life, what do you want me to do for you? And if we can even put some kind of words onto that, any effort, like we don't, again, we don't have to get the perfect words to get things right, you know, we just have to kind of try and, and, and we say, look, I just not sure, Lord, Lord, what's what's wrong with me, or I'm very much aware of what's wrong with me, whatever it is, and this is what's happening in my life, that we can, any attempt to put words on it uh, is good for ourselves, but also as I said, invites Jesus into this mystery of ourselves. I think putting words on it and explaining to Jesus is such a beautiful thing because we're never going to be rejected from that. So when the words that we use are treated with dignity and respect, what happens in ourselves is a deep grown growth in faith and trust in the Lord. I think you put it so well earlier when you said that, well, the Lord already knows what's going on in ourselves. So in some ways, why do we need to share it with him? And yet in that sharing, that it's us who grow in trust. It's us who grow in faith and uh, an openness to receive his grace. Oh, growing in trust. Mm. Now that's the tough one. That's exactly you it. Know, yeah. It's very similar to going to a doctor. I mean, as you're describing it, he is the divine physician. I can go to the doctor and I can say, okay, this is what my problem is. I want you to fix it. Yeah. And it's another thing for me to say, okay, but you have to fix it this way yeah. for me. Yeah. I want you to use this, this, this. And the physician will look at me and say, why did you even come? Yeah, exactly. Isn't our prayer on occasion been, I'm in so much pain, I've just lost my job, I need my job back, or I need another job and I need to have it this way and it needs to look this just so. And yet we may not get an answer to that prayer. So we think, okay, I asked him, I, I told him what I needed, and he did not give me what I needed. And that becomes a block for some. I mean, we can talk about jobs, but we can talk about the little boy or the little girl. I needed my mom to be there for me at this event or at these moments. She wasn't there, and I asked you, God, and she never showed up. So there may be that block, isn't there, Father, for some who will say, I've tried that, and it didn't work for me. Absolutely. And I think it's trying to see ourselves to the eyes of Christ, you know, that God never abandons us in Christ. We're never on our own. That the people around us may not see what our needs are. The people around us may not respond to our needs and be there for us. But in the midst of even the most broken, wounded state of our lives, that Christ is present among us and he's entered into the mystery of our, of our being. So we he, he's answered a prayer our prayers in a way which is far greater than we could ever believe or imagine. I think we limit ourselves in what we think God can do for us and what we want from him. And he wants to tell us, look, I, I'm going to be with you in a far more intimate, beautiful way than you can imagine. And for that 
child whose parents are not present at the the game or whatever it is um and that that is a obviously a, people like to see tangible people present but if we can understand that on a much deeper level than anything we can believe that god is actually present with us in a way far deeper god speaks to us on levels of feeling so we feel abandoned we feel let, let down or we feel but he actually speaks to us on a much deeper level than that feelings come and go it's jesus speaking to us so if we can become aware of his presence i think we become we'll get used to experiencing his presence in prayer life and then we'll begin to experience it in the t- days of our lives when we're not in a formal time of prayer so we know that okay this has happened i'd love this to happen but if this doesn't happen i'm, I'm okay that the Lord God is still with me. So that becoming tuned into the presence of the living God with us is something that will we can cultivate over time if we just allow him in. And again, he will never let us down. He will always give us more than we can ask or imagine. As I said, human beings might let us down, but he will never let us down. And it's just becoming aware of that, that presence. And I think that's what you've been teaching us so beautifully about prayer is just allowing that presence and that time to be able to receive. We've acknowledged this is the the pain that we're feeling. Where were you, God? And then allowing him to show you where he was. I was in this moment, and I carried you over to this point. Yeah. And did those people make a choice and let you down? That was not my, my will for you, no. but I never abandoned you. It's sitting and receiving the presence to come to an understanding in, through, and with him. It's hard to explain to people unless they allow themselves the opportunity to receive it. I I guess that's what grace is in a certain way, isn't it? Absolutely. But I think um, we often think that, you know, this is a puzzle to be worked out or a kind of an, an an enigma to be worked out, or that we have to kind of search for God and you know, sometimes we're in the cotton in the moment. We don't maybe notice the presence or feel the presence. But I often, I did, recently did a what they call a spiritual biography, looking back over my life to the eyes of faith and seeing, well, where was God in in my life? And often, as you say, when we look back in our life, it becomes very obvious where God was and how we got through moments in our life where that seemed like um, there was no way out or uh, there was no hope in the situation, but God was there for, for me in presence. So. It can be often a good thing to do to look back and see, okay, well, look at my own life through the eyes of faith and look at the examples of the experiences that I've had up to now. And I often think, you know, you might you say you, you might pray for something and it doesn't happen and you kind of feel let down and that kind of stuff. But sometimes when I look back at my life and the things I prayed for and they didn't happen, I now give thanks to God that they didn't happen because if they had happened, things that would have worked out in a different way than they've already that they have and the plan that god had for me was far bigger far greater far, far more beautiful than i had for myself so i would have frustrated the plans of god and it, i think it's having that freedom within ourselves and that freedom only comes from prayer it's like you're applying for a job and there's a kind of a, a sense of well if i get it if it's god's will i then i get it great and if i don't get it that's god's will that's great too you know so there's almost a freedom in that so just like if, if the prayers that I'm praying aren't answered the way I'd like them to answer, like say, well, actually, God obviously sees something different, sees a bigger plan and has a better plan for me than the ha- that I have for myself. So there's, uh, I think deep prayer and becoming aware of God's presence in life brings with it a great freedom that we can actually let go of our own 
almost wanting to uh, control our lives. I think it, that's something that happens for me in prayers. Actually, I find that I'm actually let, I can let go of the power and let go of the the need to control my my life and my destiny. That if I know that God has a far greater plan for myself, then I can just trust that that's what's going to happen. That the ups and downs of life, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it with great dignity and with beauty because I'm going to trust in the Lord. But he's going to, it's going to work out the way he wants as opposed to the way I want. You've been listening to The Heart of Prayer with Father Amon Bork. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Heart of Prayer with Father Amon Bork.